Hello and welcome to another episode of the Virtual Coffee Break with the MSU Extension Dairy Team. My name is Martin Mangual. I'm an Extension Educator in the west side of Michigan. I would like to welcome you to our season finale. In today's episode, I will spend some time with the new CE Meadows Endowed Chair in Dairy Management and Nutrition at Michigan State University, Professor Dr. Barry Bradford. We will talk about how the growing dairy program in Michigan State University can connect and work with the evolving dairy industry in Michigan. So let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to another episode of the Virtual Coffee Break. And today joining me is Dr. Barry Bradford from Michigan State University. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Martin. Appreciate the opportunity. The first question I have for you, because you're a new member of our dairy team here in the state, is what was your career path before stepping into this role in Michigan State? How did you got here? Well, I, I grew up in Iowa. I was actually, uh, I grew up on a beef operation and went to Iowa State University for my undergraduate education. And, you know, the area I grew up in, rolling hills, some corn and soybeans, but a lot of grazing ground and really almost no dairy footprint at all. So I had an opportunity working under Dr. Don Bites at Iowa State to do some dairy research as an undergrad and was really fascinated with the dairy cow, particularly I'm a nutritionist and, and particularly fascinated by, well, the way I put it a lot of times is she's the marathon runner of the livestock world and just how she's able to process the amount of nutrients she is and divert so much of it to milk production is just fascinating. I had great experience working in a lab as an undergraduate and ended up looking at three or four universities for uh, a graduate program and came up to East Lansing and I met with Mike Allen and ended up doing a PhD with him here at Michigan State. So I spent from uh, 2002 to 2006 here, my wife and I did, loved Michigan, loved our experience at the university here, and then went on, was fortunate to find a faculty job at Kansas State University right after finishing my PhD and spent 13 years in Manhattan, Kansas. Really enjoyed it there, great people, great place to live. But uh, when this opportunity at Michigan State came back open with a uh, you know, research extension mix and, and a place with such a strong dairy footprint, uh, it was just a really attractive opportunity for us. Good. And I can relate to your uh, lack of dairy growing up. I grew up in a farm that had everything but dairy. Is that right? Yeah. So that's why I always say that that's what I do dairy because I grow up doing chores for everything else. So, <laughs> yeah. um, you mentioned that you love the state or the four years you spent here, but what made you come back? You know, what was attractive of this position in our industry that made you choose coming back to, to Michigan State? Having lived here, of course, my wife and I knew that, you know, the outdoors here in Michigan were, were fantastic. And that, that's honestly part of the draw. And we knew it was a good place. Our kids, we've got kids and uh, already we're enjoying the, the hiking and biking and everything here. Um, but, you know, professionally, you know, obviously Michigan State is just a world-class university. It's huge. But not just big, also lots of deep expertise across lots of disciplines. And specifically in the dairy program, it's what I would call a comprehensive dairy program. We have deep expertise in almost every area that you would want people to contribute to addressing comprehensive systemic challenges in the dairy industry. And to me, that's exciting. You know, as, as you grow in a career and you're trying to tackle bigger, more complicated challenges, you need bigger, more complicated teams. And you can do that across universities. I've done that and that has its own rewards, but it's, it's pretty difficult to be being able to sit down in a room in the same campus with people who can bring to bear, you know, extremely different expertise uh, that uh, really collectively can 
make a huge difference in terms of creative problem solving. So to me, that was uh, a big thing. And then honestly, the industry itself here in an extension role was a big part of it. And, you know, if you look at national statistics, Michigan is typically number one in terms of milk production per cow. And it does give some indication as to the quality of the expertise here in the state. Um, the fact that there's a lot of progressive dairymen, that there's some new facilities going in, people are investing in the state still. And that's attractive in terms of people looking to change, looking to get better, because that means that people like me that are trying to help people make change uh, actually have an audience, right? So all those things were part of it. And, you know, honestly, a lot of the people I knew personally are just great people. And so it's a lot more attractive to think about uprooting your life and moving your family if you know the people uh, that you're going to work with every day are are great to be around and, and deep thinkers and fun to work with. Yeah, and to echo a little bit of that, I think it was the same um, attraction to me as far as the MSU extension by itself. Yeah. I think Michigan State University is one of the few universities where extension agents are specialized in one type of commodity or one type of industry. Exactly. Some of my peers in Ohio State, in Purdue, they do work with dairy. They might be specialized on dairy, but their programming has to be all over the place. Dealing with crops, dealing with swine, dealing with beef. So Michigan State University can take pride on knowing that dairy educators are solely focused on dairy. You do mention, and I want to echo that, that we have a great dairy industry and we have a great dairy team in Michigan State University. So the question will be, what do you see as the key contributions from that great MSU dairy team that we have in campus to our dairy industry here in Michigan? I think it makes sense to sort of step through the three mission areas because to me, that's, again, part of being a comprehensive dairy program as you're, you're addressing needs through efforts in teaching and research and extension. And, and maybe I'll tie that in at the end because I, I don't think any of those work in isolation. A lot of times people talk about it as being a three-legged stool. And if you chop one of those off in half, the rest, it doesn't work, right? So uh, I'm a big fan of that uh, land-grant university model. And I've had fortune to travel around the world and interact with people in the dairy industry in a lot of countries. And honestly, that's the one thing people point to that they are missing in their system a lot of times is they have universities doing good work, but there's no formal mechanism to connect to the industry. And, and that extension piece is critical. So anyway, first of all, on the teaching front, um, one thing I really appreciate here is we have uh, opportunities for people to do both the two-year program and the four-year program, which I think is fantastic. Uh, there's a lot of people pointing out how nationally across all students you know we've probably overemphasized four-year degrees and there's a lot to be said for sort of people learning technical skills that are job oriented but deep technical skills not just something you can learn overnight and giving that flexibility of different approaches to this I think is terrific and certainly Joe Domek is widely known as an outstanding educator and he's the bedrock of that two-year program and beyond that existing strength I think there's great signs of this moving further forward so there's been a recent revision of the dairy curriculum to really further emphasize hands-on teaching for the four-year students especially I think that's terrific we've had well we, we have three very experienced educators I mentioned Joe Domek already but Miriam Weber Nielsen uh, Mike Vandahar, two other terrific teachers in our program. But then recently, before I came on board, both Roger Thompson and Don Martell, who have decades of industry experience, joined the program part-time to help help teach students in these programs. And I think that is fantastic. And I think the more that we can do in the future, I think the better we off we are. So uh, 
really pleased with that. Uh, on the research front, it's, you know, my time as a graduate student, you're mostly focused on research. And so I got to see a lot of that when I was here. And again, the comprehensive thing is, is the story here. So from a nutrition standpoint, there's a decades long history of extremely strong nutrition research. Uh, I would say if you look at the strategies to feeding starch and fat to dairy cattle today, uh, globally, there'd be a couple universities that have influenced that, but Michigan State would be in the top two or three in both of those categories. On the genetics front, uh, with Mike Vandahar and Rob Eppelman and the group here, along with collaborators around the country, but they're spearheading this whole effort on feed efficiency genetics. That's gonna have a big impact just starting on the applied side really this year. Um, and it's been going for at least a decade already. So I'll come back to that point in a second. And then on the health side, you know, we don't talk about in animal science as much, but there's a cluster of four or five faculty in vet med. And then our, our department head, Dr. Pam Ruig, is a, a veterinarian with a mastitis expertise. Um, so we have a really strong team around mastitis and immunity uh, across those two programs. So again, lots of comprehensive uh, work going on. And one thing I want to point out is a lot of times a problem uh, is that communicating what's going on uh, at the university. Sometimes it doesn't sound like it's that applicable. And sometimes you'll get pushback sometimes from producers saying, well, you know, this isn't something that I can use tomorrow. But I like to remind people, yeah, we need to address problems right now. And I think MSU does do that. Um, but I think it's also important to have a portfolio that includes things that are far off goals. So uh, if we are only addressing immediate problems, then when something new comes along in two or three years and we've not done any sort of creative future looking uh, research, we don't have anything to draw from to solve these new problems. And so I think it's, it's very important that some of what we have going on here is, is very fundamental, long-term thinking type of work. And just as one quick example, I mean, we've seen whether it's good or bad, okay, we've seen sex semen massively change our industry in the last 10 years, right? The work behind that started, well, you could probably say further back, but directly working on sexing semen started in the early 1980s. So it was 30 some years before that work really turned into a game-changing technology in the industry. And I think people sometimes lose sight of that fact that research is just a slow yeah. process with lots of dead ends. Uh, and we have to be patient if we want to see the payoff for some of these things. And like you mentioned, some things take, take time. You just mentioned how the feed efficiency work that I was part as a student that Dr. Van der Hoer is working on now is moving towards an applicable phase where now producers might start seeing some of the fruits of that work that's been going on for almost 10 years. Yep, exactly. Part of it is on us to communicate that, right? So we, we have to make it clear. And, and there have been examples in science, human medicine, for example. I remember when they first published the human genome and it was like, oh, well, next year we're going to have solved cancer and all these other things. <laughs> and it was so oversold. It just it was frustrating because it's, it is having huge impacts, but they're subtle. They're having small effects on thousands of research programs, and they take probably decades to really show the benefit, right? And if people were honest about that, then... <laughs> it would be easier for them to accept that there's not overnight uh, cures. Lastly, I want to highlight, you know, the, the part that you and I work in a lot is extension and outreach. 
I use outreach because it includes things like, you know, 4-H programming and FFA and stuff like that as well. But, you know, it's, it's absolutely critical, I think, to helping to serve the continuing education needs of the industry. Certainly allied industry, you know, corporations do a great job of, of technical support and that sort of thing. But they're going to focus on areas around products they sell to some extent. And, you know, there, there's a real value in having an extension service that is really not driven by a profit motive, right? So sometimes there are some hard truths we need to, we need to address yep. and uh, it's not always in the best interest of a company to bring those things up. And so there's a very critical role there. So you already highlighted one point I wanted to make, which is I feel really fortunate that in Michigan we have, you know, depending on how you split people up, eight or nine people out in the state, around the state that are part of the dairy team, right? So they're they're in some way, at least some piece of the dairy industry engaged on a weekly, monthly basis, at least. And some of you, it's basically full time focusing on problems that the dairy industry has and solutions to those. And uh, I think it's really valuable to have eyes and ears to come back uh, to, to the university as a whole with, you know, here's some challenges that we need to address and think about ways to help solve as a means of communication out so that, you know, when we do uh, from say your feed efficiency work, you know, you're working with a farm where you think putting those genetic tools to use that are just now becoming available, well, you have the expertise to help them understand how to put those to use. And I think that's fantastic. Other things that I thought were, are going really in the right direction here. I've been impressed by the, the number of extension educators that have gone out and found projects and grants that are funded by external entities. It's not in my mind, a traditional, thing and extension uh, to do, but uh, with tight resources, that's really valuable. And you're, you're, you know, bringing new information to the industry and finding resources to do it. And then Martine, a lot of this is at least in part, thanks to you, but growing from doing a good job in traditional media, like, you know, putting articles in Hordes Dairyman and Progressive Dairyman, all those types of publications that remain incredibly important, but also growing into new forms of media, you know, having a video uh, feed going, having podcasts up and going. And to me, it's just a matter of making our information as available as possible. And just to highlight, you know, some of the benefits of, of your work, the, the YouTube channel you set up, I just looked and we've had over 2000 views uh, in the last month. And okay, that's maybe a little bit stimulated by the, uh, the lockdown, but still, and it's a nice impact, right? And so again, I think a lot of big contributions across the program here. Yep. And I want to kind of uh, also bring back that that's a kind of a team effort. You know, all educator has been involved um, sure. developing the content, which is certainly the most important part. It's not just putting a microphone and start talking uh, and also kind of point out some of your webinars that are also driving kind of the impact that the YouTube uh, channel is having. So for those that haven't subscribed, you can look for MSU Extension Dairy Team on YouTube, and you can find our channel and subscribe that way. So you do mention that uh, our department is certainly growing. You know, you are a new position. We have others like Don Martell, Roger Thompson, you have mentioned. On the extension side of things, our team grew from five uh, to eight people. So our department or dairy program is growing. So how do you envision that that MSU dairy program growing to serve our evolving industry in Michigan? My first focus uh, in, in thinking about how I could have an impact program-wide in, in this position was how do we just try to help everyone communicate more effectively and more efficiently. We're working on some revamping of our 
online presence, I guess, if you will, to try to meet people where they are in terms of whatever resources they use. I think that's especially important for uh, the on-campus faculty. We generally have research faculty that are doing a terrific job of publishing in, in scientific journals, and that's absolutely what we need to do. That's, uh, that's our job. But there's no reason that with a little bit of help and setting up some pipelines of information that we can't try to get that information to the industry more quickly and um, generate essentially a more accessible version of the same story uh, at shorter um, and, and sort of more take-home points and less details, you know? So I think that's, that's a lot of uh, my initial focus here. Especially transmitting what you mentioned, what is gonna be the expected long-term impact of this yep. work that we're doing right now? I think communicating that to producers is key, like you mentioned before. If you publish a Journal of Dairy Science article that goes very specifically about a metabolism mechanism, Yep. How can we translate that into telling producers, well, long-term, what we want to do is increase the efficiency, increase the amount of anti-inflammatories that the cow is producing, so then you don't have to um, help her out in the fresh period, for example. So translating those messages back and forth, I think, is going to be key as well. I agree. Another idea, and this is not like fully vetted internally, so I shouldn't be sure, but I just think, just kind of thinking out loud, and I, we've been talking about this for a few years, some of my colleagues and I, it seems like one of the gaps uh, in the industry um, is helping find a way to develop people from sort of frontline workers to mid-level mid managers. And I know, Martin, you and I have talked about this some, but um, there are some industry organizations trying to address this, but I think there's plenty of room for multiple programs to be doing that. And so we need to brainstorm within MSU and, and across the state in Michigan and talk with people in the state, you know, is there a model that we can help with that where, you know, can, can people leave the farm for long enough for a short, short term class um, that really help them up their skills in terms of uh, analysis of information and decision making, people management, that sort of thing to where people get a, you know, a huge bump up in their skill set in a short window of time? Or do we need to look at more of a, a mixed model where we have some in phase, but then we're able to use technologies like this to help them sort of keep working on that over a more reasonable period of time? Maybe it's a year long process or something, but that's something I want to think about more. And then I guess the third big point I want to make in that is, this is partly through communicating, partly through building personal relationships but I want our dairy team to be the, the people that are first on the, on the phone um, when farm advisors need help. Yep. And I say that because we absolutely want to have connections with producers and, and dairy managers, absolutely. But the reality is, even if you are looking at this with a big picture uh, angle, at Michigan State, you know there are not enough people working in dairy at the university and an extension to help address every problem on every farm in the state, yep. right? It's just not feasible. So what can we do to have a multiplying effect? Well, if, you know, if we're helping consultants, whether it be veterinarians, nutritionists, management consultants, et cetera, if we become a resource that they turn to, and every time we help them do their job a little bit better, we're impacting 10 farms, 20 farms, whatever, depending on how many clients they have. And so that's a huge multiplier for us. And so I think we need to do everything we can to be accessible to them, to be out in front so they know where we're world-class. And, and I think that kind of 
is a perfect segue to another question that I had because it's part of the efforts that are currently going on. You know, how yep. do we train the trainers? How do we expand our message? So what other efforts are currently underway to push the MSU Dairy program forward? I, I kind of alluded to this already, but on the communications front, we already have a whole team kind of working on how do we re-envision our website, very simple first step. But from there, like I said, trying to get in front of people in whatever way that they want to digest information. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, we have an initial plan to use a combination of social media, email, print, snail mail, yeah. um, you know, whatever, whatever generation you're in, whatever technology you like, we want to be in front of you. So you don't have to go looking for us. And, and I think what we kind of envision is that we can give updates on here's the sorts of things we're working on. And, you know, here's a couple of paragraph snippet of what we're doing. If that interests you here, here's a, here's a quick way to jump into a deeper dive in this information. And if that still interests you, look, here's a full 20 page journal article. You can go yep. in the deepest depth you want, but it's not slamming somebody up front you know, with the, the 20 page journal article and, and asking them to digest it if they're not even sure it's worth their time to look at, right? So I think it's, it's simple. Any of us would like to view information in that way. It just takes a little bit of time to sort of gear up a system to make, to make that happen here at the university. So that's one. Um, I think the current process underway that's gonna be impactful is uh, we're hiring a new dairy farm manager right now. And I think for the program, you know, out in the state, the, the importance of the on-campus dairy farm, you know, could be questioned. It doesn't really look like a commercial dairy today and that sort of thing. But I would tell you when you're on a campus, that has a lot of impact because A, there's a lot of classes coming to that farm that are not necessarily dairy classes, right? So having a good dairy that's well run, um, that presents a good face for the industry is is actually quite important. Two, you know, a lot of the expertise in our industry and the future is going to come from people that don't have a dairy background and maybe don't have an ag background at all. Like you and I, neither one of us grew up in a dairy, right? And so how many people, I know some spectacular members of the dairy industry that grew up in big cities, right? We have to give people an entryway into the industry if we want to draw those good people in, which is what we should want to do. But uh, anyway, we're, we're getting somebody hired into that role. And, and part of the benefit of that is, you know, once we get them sort of cruising in that role, um, that lets the, the bigger group of dairy people at MSU start to start thinking, focusing on planning for longer term. And the reality is we have a very outdated dairy at MSU. That's the honest truth. And it, we get a lot of research done there. Uh, we have fa fantastic people there. Um, but for the long-term viability of the teaching and, ex and research programs, especially, uh, we need to be talking about a new dairy. And I just came off of a role at Kansas State where I was in charge of trying to uh, come up with a viable plan for a new dairy facility on campus there. And we had been working on it for um, over four years when I left. And we were kind of just at the point of seeing if we could find the money. So I know these are long processes um, that require some patience. Um, and so, you know, I hope in the next year or two, we can really start getting serious about discussing what that next dairy facility looks like and start talking with our partners about um, how we're gonna pull that off. So the last point I wanna make is, and I just wanna throw this out there to maybe start a conversation with people, but I've been toying with the idea for, for my own extension programming 
Um, what can I bring to the table that's unique, that's applicable? You kind of alluded to, I've done a lot of work on transition cow inflammation, and I hope to work with some people on that, maybe do some on-farm research, maybe work with people on uh, strategies to put in place. But I'm also interested in kind of on the data front. And the reason I come at this um, today, I think is sort of low hanging fruit for dairies is a couple of big changes in the industry in the last couple of decades. One, just continuing consolidation. Again, good, bad, or indifferent, our dairies are bigger today, right? And so, well, what are some of the benefits of that? Well, one may be that we have the sort of numbers in our operations today, the sort of scale that you would need to actually carry out some tests on your own mm -hmm. farm. So, and, and I bring this up because university research is not really well suited to every kind of question you might want to ask. So we have farms set up to ask great questions about the biology of the cow. What happens if we feed her this? What happens if we synchronize estrus in this way? But we're not set up to ask, uh, with your design of your farm, does it make more sense to start milking at 4 a.m. or 2 a.m., right? Yep. And that sounds like a stupid question, but in terms of a farm operate well and, and retaining labor and all sorts of things, there's a hundred questions like that you might want to ask. Well, and if, if you actually have a big enough scale that you have multiple facilities, you can actually try to test some of these things. Maybe that's not the best example. So I'm interested in kind of developing a program where people can come to us so that we can help them design proper experiments, if you will, to ask whatever sorts of questions they might want to ask in their operation, and then actually analyze and interpret it properly, which is tends to be the biggest downfall if, if you don't have some help. And then, of course, what everybody talks about today is data mining. So there's, there's all this data from pedometers and whatever on farms, and it's true that much of it is unused, and there's probably a lot more potential there. So that'd be another piece of this that I think would be worth exploring. So I'm interested in you know, engaging with people in the industry about whether there's value for a program like that. Yeah, and I'm sure many producers would appreciate that. Uh, I know I'm starting to see more of the research on campus being transferred to farms. I know Dr. Pershley does a yep. lot of repro work using commercial farms. Uh, Pam Rook, Dr. Rook is now doing a lot of mastitis research using commercial farms. I know you're looking at, you know, doing some of that research in commercial farms. So definitely we're trying to, to be more practical in that sense in creating solutions for kind of practical problems that producers are facing. Absolutely. Um, anything else that you want to relate to our producers? Any other message you want to provide to our Michigan producers? No, I, I, you know, I just feel really fortunate to be in this role, to be entrusted with, uh, you know, what's a, a pretty important role. And uh, I just hope people don't hesitate to reach out and connect with me. I'm easy to get a hold of and uh, really looking forward to networking with as many people as possible in the state. Other than that, well, I would like to thank you, uh, Dr. Bradford, for joining us in the virtual coffee break. Uh, and I'm sure producers can appreciate all the good information you have provided today. Thanks, Martine. Appreciate it. Once again, I'd like to thank Dr. Bradford for joining us today. Additionally, and on behalf of all the MSU Extension Dairy team, I would like to thank all the listeners for their support of this podcast. Season 1 has been a great challenge, but our team was happy to accept it and very glad that it provided timely and valuable information to our dairy producers and agribusiness professional partners. Do not forget to subscribe to receive notifications and enjoy all the episodes of Season 1. Finally, we're happy to inform that Season 2 of this podcast is already under planning. 
So be on the lookout to join us once again for new episodes of the virtual coffee break with the MSU Extension Dairy team in the future. I will hope you will join us then.